0: Area Church of Christ's weekly message podcast. If you'd like to learn more about LACC, please visit us online at lansingchurch.org. This week, Joel Nagel kicked off the new God's World Created sermon series with a message looking at Genesis chapter 1 called Creation and Beauty. Good morning, everybody. Again, so good to worship with you. And uh, that, that song's so beautiful. And it's going to really flow with our sermon today. But before we get into the message, I want to share Psalm 123 as we continue to pray through all of the psalms this year. What a cool project. Um, and then a little news, and then we'll get into it, okay? So Psalm 123 says to you—this is, first of all, just—it's such a beautiful psalm, okay? I want us just to pause for a moment, not just read it. And I hope, you know, even as you're doing your own devotionals at home, that you're, like, reading Scripture, okay? So— It's so short, it's so beautiful. This psalm. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. For we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease of the contempt of the proud. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, So it's so beautiful. Um, and we, we praise you for your creation, and we'll talk about that today. But we also just praise you for the beauty of your word. That we could have something so vivid, this imagery of, of your people, um, Israel, and then us, ourselves. Just looking and just waiting for mercy. It can only come from you. And I know uh, if there are people here this morning that that just need mercy, need compassion, who've had enough with scorn, I pray that you would deliver, God. We look to you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I just want to give a a little update here before we get into the message. Um, And uh, and first of all, I just want to say I'm really um, proud of you guys as a church uh, for how we've gone through this year together. It's been a year of transition, uh, kind of a wild summer, uh, disengaged in some ways. And uh, But I look at where we are as we enter the fall and I just feel uh, just really proud, I guess that's the word I would say, um, of of where the church is and uh, how we've uh, connected and built and even how we've supported um, Josh and Michelle as they've uh, begun leading the church. And I do want to say real quick, it October, you may not know this, is Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, and the thing is, you might not know this because it's kind of like low-key, like, yeah, whatever. But if you're a minister, it's like the algorithm knows you're a minister. And it's like, you know, every, you know it's Pastor Appreciation Month. So if you think about it and you want to, like, bring a card next Sunday or something to encourage Josh and Michelle, it would mean so much. Um, and so I just want to put that out there for you guys. Um, I wanted to give you an update about uh, my life, our life, my job um, it's been very challenging, uh, but very rewarding. Um, we're doing—I I can't believe the amount of things that we're doing for our fellowship of churches. Uh, we're a part of a great group of churches called the International Churches of Christ, uh, which is all over the world. Um, and uh, and so we've been uh, building content, which we're getting to experience this this thread thing, uh, which in the last month uh, became a website and an app. And churches uh, across Canada have been doing the same, you know, preaching and uh, graph, all the, all the things, and then using the app for devotionals and all of that. And then we've just signed two really big churches. We kind of thought this would be the small churches will love this. Well, big churches are hearing about it, and they're like, we, we want this. We need this. And, uh, and so I just feel like really unworthy to be creating all of this stuff. I'm like, me, really? <laughs> um, and, uh, but it's, it's, really, it's really been a pretty wild ride and a really cool thing. Um, the, that book encounter, I think we talked about this summer um, this is, this is just silly, but uh, it was the number twenty one devotional book in Canada uh, for like a day or something like that, uh, but like you know the Canadians are having their encounter, and yeah and they 've got if you have yeah, there it is, um, and so if you have that like they, but they, like i 'm getting these pictures from. Canadian, they're like in Banff, they're in the Rockies, they're like having this away time with God and fighting bears and Satan and coming out of victory. It's, it's been cool uh, to hear uh, the good news. And now it's catching on in the United States, uh, which is which is pretty awesome. So uh, there's a lot more I could say. We, there's so much happening. There's really cool things happening with our kids' curriculum that's going to get uh, beefed up in there. And uh, the small church conference that I get to uh, help organize is coming up. And uh, But the, you know, the thing I'm most proud of is I love this church, and so I'm grateful to get to speak before you today. So, um, this this sermon is the first sermon in our next series. So we just finished our starting point series, which is kind of like an orientation into how we'll be looking at the Bible as we go through uh, this thread content over the next few years. If you're just joining us, we're starting a three-year journey through the Scriptures. I know that probably sounds like a lot. It is a lot. Um, And yet, it's crazy, like as, as we've worked on the material we're still skipping so much, um, even, even with this much of a kind of a slow pace. Um, but the focus and the, the, the function of what we're putting together, I think, is going to be so enriching. Um, it's, really, it's really cool stuff. Um, to summarize, it's really cool stuff, okay? Um, and so this is the first sermon of the next series, uh, which is called God's World Created. It's the first era that we're going to look at. And so for the next seven sermons or so... We're going to look at Genesis chapters 1 through 11. That's where we're going to be hanging out. So if you read on the daily devotionals in the app, if you don't know what I'm talking about with this app, come talk to me. I'll get you hooked up with it. Um, but a lot of really good stuff. Um, Doug, could you bring me my water bottle right there? <clears throat> um, the green, yep, that's the one. I'm, uh, the Kavanaugh's got me this water bottle. This is a sweet water bottle. Thanks, guys. Um, <clears throat> I'm fighting a little bit of a cold. I'm on antibiotics, so... Mm. There we go. Keeps the water really cold. It's great. Okay, um, so we'll get into this here, and I wanna I wanna share a picture. So, um, there's the title. Look at that! Isn't that beautiful? Like, uh, <laughs> it's that's a that's a sunrise on a cloudy day. You ever you ever you take a picture of it, like an awesome sunrise? Like this is a, all the colors. It's like amazing, right? Um, but here we've got kind of like like a grayscale. Sunrise. You wouldn't. You probably wouldn't take a picture of this sunrise or tell people like, "Would you believe the sunrise that I saw?" Um, there's a, there's this uh, guy that we follow. He lives in the UP, which is where my heart is right now. It's not in my chest. It's up in the UP. Um, and his name is Bugsy Sailor, which is a crazy name. Um, but he he watched, I think, one thousand seven hundred and something sunrises in a row. Got up every morning and watched the sunrise. And as he was doing this, actually a few weeks ago, his alarm, he had like a triple alarm thing, and all of his safeguards failed, and he slept through a sunrise. For the, And he was like, it was devastating. Um, but he's back at it. Uh, he just missed one. Um, but one of his things is, every single sunrise is beautiful. You can't see the sun here, but the sun, you know the sun's there. The sun still rises. And maybe in like Vancouver, they're having the most epic sunrise ever. You know, it goes... It goes around. Um, And so, you know, I think sometimes things are beautiful, but we fail to recognize their beauty because we have these preconceived ideas about beauty. Sometimes, you know, uh, we might think things are ugly in our lives, but just around the corner, something amazing, something wonderful, something beautiful is waiting for us if we'll be open and patient enough. To see what's coming. Sometimes something is beautiful, but we're looking in the wrong direction. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but there are these pictures where they'll, they'll show like a beautiful waterfall, and you're like, that's amazing. But then they'll show next to it, there's like a dump. Uh, but you only get the frame of that. And I think we do the opposite sometimes. We're only looking at the dump, and we don't see, oh man, this, this is beautiful. And like, you get on an airplane, like, this is, this is what it looks like on the runway, but then you get up, up above the clouds, and hey, the sun is still there. And it's beautiful. Now I think we can look at the creation accounts in the Bible, kind of with this 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 uh, idea. For many of us, and I think probably all of us, have read Genesis chapter one. I think it's the most read text in the history of the world, because every year millions of people decide to start reading the Bible from cover to cover, and they at least get through Genesis chapter one, right? <laughs> But we, we read Genesis chapter 1, which we'll read in just a moment, with our rational brains. And it's like it won't let us see the beauty. We're like, well, what do you, that doesn't seem like the right order. And what are this, what's up with these days? And we've got all these like preloaded controversies in our head as we read a poem. We're looking for science or doctrinal issues or whatever, coming from this angle or that. I want us, we're going to read this together now, and I want you as, you, as you listen, to try to just throw off the baggage, any preconceived ideas, controversy, and let's just listen, Genesis chapter 1, to a beautiful poem about the creation of our world. Does that sound good? All right, let's do it. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. This is the ESV translation, by the way. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures, and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw that what he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he'd done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. All right. Um, So beautiful. And I wanted to spend that time, because the next three sermons are all going to come from this same text um, that, that we'll have um, but it's such a beautiful passage. And I would encourage you, even this week, read it in a different translation. Really try to pour over this poem. And you can kind of see the elements of a poem in it. Um, there's repeated phrases, like, God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning. Um, there, and then if you start to get into the Hebrew, which we won't get into that much today, it's so complex and so beautiful. And there's like certain numbers of different words and like it's it is a masterpiece, and that's it's 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 beautiful, and and I don't want us to miss that. So let's look at that um, as we get into this. The first thing I want to share from this poem, and we're not going to get into the little details. We're going to look more at like the big picture of it. What is, what is this passage? What is this poem telling us about God, and what does it tell us about ourselves? Why did why did God the Holy Spirit want this to be? The first thing people learn about God when they open up their Bibles and try to read from cover to cover and then lose it by Leviticus for sure. Okay? Um, The first thing is God gives our world structure. Did you see that as the poem was read? It starts with, with chaos, but then it ends with all of this structure. Um, entropy is the, 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 the word for things falling apart. That's the technical word for falling apart. Like, My life is in entropy. Now I have a word for it. That's great. <clears throat> but this is the opposite. Something divine, something miraculous has happened. Everything falls apart. That's a scientific law about that. But this is the opposite. Everything is gaining structure as we go through this poem. The Spirit of God hovers over the waters... Um, this is important. You know, the, the Hebrew people, if you, read, if you do read the Bible, the rest of it, they're not seafarers. They're not like boat people. Um, they didn't love the water. Um, the Sea of Galilee, which is a big thing, and in the, it's in the New Testament all the time, right? It's only mentioned one time in the whole Old Testament. And it was there the whole time. They just didn't like to talk about it. Water was scary. It was chaotic, right? Um, they, you know, they never really figured out how to inhabit the Mediterranean coast. They kind of stuck inland with the sheep. That's who Israel was. And so this poem starts with, the Spirit of God is hovering over these waters. And the Hebrew word, I will tell us this part of it, it's this word, tohu vavohu. It's kind of a fun word, tohu vavohu. But it means the wild and the waste, or formless and empty. Like, it's just, there's, it's chaos. And the Spirit is hovering over this chaos, and then God speaks and starts to bring order to the chaos. All kinds of structure. You see structure of day and night. The structure, and we don't even think about these things probably, right? Like, well, of course, day and night. It's a structure for our lives. Um, The sea, the sky, the land, structure. The different kinds of vegetation. Um, You think about the the universe from the, the grandest heavenly bodies to the smallest subatomic particle. You think about like science, and I love science, but it's, it's really just figuring out the order that God placed in our world and in our universe. Oh, we got we figured out another thing. The sun and the moon, we'll get into this in, in future sermons, but it doesn't, they don't just give us light in the daytime and the nighttime, but actually before it talks about them bearing light, it says that they give us seasons and months. Like even the thing in the sky helps us have calendars that work. The structure, the fish, the bugs, the animals, the birds, the creeping things, all according to their kind. There's structure, there's order. And then finally, there's people, there's us. And we're given instructions for order. Be fruitful and multiply. Show God's image, show God's likeness as you live your life. The week is struck. The poem is seven days. That's a week. We get a, why do we have a seven-day week? Here it is. And So what does this tell us about God? Well, it tells us that he created a world for us with structure, with order, because we need that to thrive. His intent for us is not to live in chaos or insecurity or uncertainty. He gives us this. And what does this tell us about ourselves? Well, you know, I think we all have times of craziness. Even just talking to people this morning, like a lot of us are in times of craziness right now. But we should, we should probably step back from time to time and examine our lives. Is it, is, it too, is it too crazy? Is there too much chaos or a lack of structure in our lives? You know, one of the things that's so cool is that it says that we're designed in God's image. And the very first thing we learn about God in the Bible, what is God's image? Who is God? The first thing we see is that he's a creator. You know what that means? If we're designed in his image, that means that we're creators too. You might think, well, I'm not very creative. And that's not what I'm talking about. We're in charge of our lives. We're cre- you're creating a life. Are we building lives that reflect the structure and order that God shows us here or are our lives just filled with turbulent waters? We got that tohu vavohu. I, I knew that already. That's what's going on here. You know, we face so many distractions in our lives. There are things that pull us in so many directions. I want you to think about this week. Where does your life lack structure? And not that you want to become like robotic or overly efficient like a must-have order. But, but I think if we examine the cycles of chaos that pop up, that's where we might be missing God. Amen? All right, let's look at another thing here. The next thing that we see in this poem is that God fills our world. So he gives our world structure and order. He also fills our world. Um, there's a desire here for, you can kind of see God's heart, that he wants everything he makes to be Filled up and full. Have you ever thought about that before? It says that the world begins empty and formless and void, but then God creates and makes things to fill up his creation. First, he fills everything with light. Then there's barren ground and he fills it with vegetation. And then the sun and the moon and the stars, they don't, they don't just shine. They rule the day and they rule the night. The waters are supposed to swarm. The birds are supposed to be fruitful and multiply to, in the expanse to fill the sky. And even God makes humankind and tells them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. What does this tell us about God? I mean obviously it tells us that he desires fullness. He wants his creation to teem with life, to overflow. And it tells us that he God knows how to fill emptiness. I don't know if you knew that was a skill that God had. It's on page one. What does that tell us about ourselves? Well, God wants us to live full lives. He doesn't want you to have an empty life, a boring life, a lonely life, an average life. None of that's here. He wants you overflowing, filled up, not chaotically. We talked about that. But with purpose and joy and meaning. Uh, One of my favorite authors, Eugene Peterson, he wrote that God fills us up like a glass of wine. And that kind of fits with last week's sermon where Jesus tells this whole story of creation and our world as a vineyard. So you can imagine a a glass of wine that's like dangerously filled up, right? Like it's to the brim, high tide, right? Um, And with this perspective, like this is what God wants for us. We don't have to like muster up a bunch of energy to give to other people or to do good in the world. Like, I got to get my energy, you know, like, okay, let's figure this out. We just need to fill up on God. And then it's like you, you just, if you really are filling up on God, you just overflow. Like, like a toddler who's given a cup of milk without a lid. They're just, it's just, this is your life. It, God is just spilling out as you walk. You can imagine two cups of wine and a toast, a joyful toast, and they're clinked together and it just flows over. That's, that's a description of church. These uh, this, this people who've been filled up by God, hopefully all week long, now we're gathering together and it's getting messy. And it's beautiful. So I want to ask you, I want you to think, You know what, what are you filling your life with? Does your daily Weekly life reflect this, this heart of God for fullness. Are you overflowing with the good, bearing fruit of all kinds? Or are there some empty practices in your life? Habits or rhythms that are leaving you empty, wanting more? Is there a void? That's being filled with things that lead to death instead of teeming with life as you can see God's intent. I want you to think, you know, what, what would an abundant life look like? Whatever you see there, God wants that too. Right here on the first page. Okay? Let's look at one more thing. God sees the good. Another theme that we see repeated over and over again in this first page of scripture is God's pleasure when he looks upon what he has created. After each day, God steps back and reflects on the day. That's an awesome habit right there. And he declares that what he has done is good. On the sixth day, after creating humankind, and then looking at the whole scope of his creation, he doubles down. This is very good. You know, uh, when Beth and I got engaged, okay... She didn't know that. I was going to pop the question. We went to this beach. I had this plan. I had these two canvases, and we were going to paint the sunset, and she didn't know we were going to paint the sunset of, like, the day we were getting engaged. That's an important sunset, okay? And it turned out to be, like, what we would say a typically beautiful sunset is, but hopefully I've changed your mind about the beauty of sunsets and sunrises anyway, okay? And so we paint this, and, um, and then afterwards, you know, I propose, and she says, yes, thank God. Uh, it's awesome. Um, have any of you ever seen this painting? Many of you have been to our house? No. <laughs> I did such a bad job painting my half of the painting that even on this, the most momentous day of our lives, we cannot display this painting, okay? Um, I thought it would be so good. It was not. And I'm so glad that, that God's creation wasn't like, he didn't step back and be like, I mean, it was a good try. Um, the thought was cool, like it was very thoughtful, but whoo, that's, that's not God's creation that we get to live among. He looks back every day and said, yep, this is good, this is good. What does this tell us about God? You know, I think he, he takes the time, first of all, to step back and look at what he created. Do we do that? At the end of every day, God makes time To ponder his work in that day—that's just an awesome practice. And he doesn't look at it with insecurity, like we we might. You know, he doesn't have like false humility, like "oh, this is pretty good." He's like, "this is good." And so, what does that tell us about ourselves? You know, I think I think we should intentionally take time and have this posture where we step back and look at God's creation, and we should look for the good. If God says it's good. But we're like, this is not good. Who's right? We should step back and look at our own lives and look for the good. It's so easy to be negative. It's so easy to be negative. We're kind of wired that way. God even saw the beauty in mosquitoes. And you saw how many times creeping things are are mentioned in this. Really? We're going to say the creeping things are beautiful? We are a part of God's good and very good creation. We can become pretty negative about ourselves, but it's so important to remember that God didn't mess up when he created you. He didn't step back and see you and say, it's almost good, except for her. That's not it. He looks at you and he's so pleased. He crosses his arms like, yeah, I created that. That's how he feels. He's so filled for love with you. Practically, you know, what, what good do you see in God's creation that's all around you? What good do you see in you? I think it's important for us to recognize that. You know, this week, if you get on the app, the Family Thread, we've been doing the family devotionals. It's been so cool. Um, and the Family Thread um, addresses, talks about this for the parents and for the children, in that there's a parent devotional first, to get our hearts right as parents, and then a family devotional so we can share about this. And this week, you kind of get to tell your kids, hey, you know what? Because it's hard to be a kid. And, and we're parents are really smart. We know everything our kids do wrong, right? Uh, but it's so good to step back and say, this is really good. God made you really good. And that's what you get to do this week if you check that out, okay? Um, we are a week ahead on the schedule, by the way, but it's all there for you, okay? Um, last thought, Revelation chapter 21. Um, and this is how, so we looked at the very first chapter in the Bible. Now this is toward the very end. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. because looks like God's still got some creating to do. And the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And so in Revelation chapter 21, we're given a picture of God's tomorrow. We're given a picture of, you know, and we're going to get into this, but... It does, everything doesn't stay very good, does it? Something happens. Sin enters the world. And so God has this plan, though, and he has this plan from before all of that, that creation would be restored, that it would be like it was in the very beginning. And, then, and so it's Revelation's telling us what this is going to be like. It's like giving us a preview. It's like a movie trailer. It's gonna, you're like, whoa, I cannot wait until this movie comes out. I can't wait until God makes everything good again. And then, but you get this really weird little detail, and the sea was no more. Like, what does God have against the sea? Like, I love the ocean. That's it's. I like the Great Lakes. Why are we taking away Lake Superior, God? But remember, you know, we talked about this at the beginning. the The Hebrews viewed the waters as chaotic, formless, and empty. And so, it's 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 an, it's illustrating that when when God makes everything right, He's taking away the formless. He's taking away. The chaotic, he's taking away the negativity. It's not part of it. So I want to encourage us, let's, let's live into this restored reality of creation that's coming our way. Let's give the world a, a taste of what we were created to be. And of what's to come when we can see the world through God's eyes. The very first page of the Bible wants to help us to see the world through God's eyes. I'll end by showing you this. So what I knew I was preaching this message and working on this. And so I thought, I need to like purposefully look for beauty in God's creation. And so I, I and Chris Carlson was like, uh, have you lost your mind? Like we, all of a sudden, there's these Facebook posts and Instagram posts. I haven't posted in like three years. I just don't do that. But I started like trying every day to take a picture of something beautiful, regardless of what the day was like. And I mostly did that. Um, And so I want to give you this challenge, and I'm going to show you these pictures. This week, intentionally look for beauty, goodness, fullness, structure, okay? That's the challenge. If if God created us to be creative, then there should be all kinds of new things in our lives all the time. It's a new thing challenge. We're going to have one of those for every one of these messages. So here's what I saw. These are some of the things. A lot of these are like, honestly, like pictures from bathrooms. Uh, but there's some really cool bathroom art, like in coffee shops and things. Um, but look at, look at this. Look at this. The sunset. Uh, some cool embroidery. I think that's what that's called. And then the most beautiful one up there is Beth. This church. Um, it was so cool just to recognize and notice the beauty. If you look, you see things like this all the time. Because God's created a beautiful world for us. Amen? Amen? All right, Tony's going to come respond. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Lansing Area Church of Christ. While we're happy to share this message via podcast, we'd love to pray and worship with you in person. To learn more about our services or to connect with us, please visit us at lansingchurch.org. Have a great week and go with God.